0: Is in his holy tent. Earthly thought be silent now while the bell
1: brings me and his
2: presence. Hi,
0: guys. Hey, guys. It's Tiki
2: and Walter. And this is True Ghost Stories by Real People. Okay. What?
0: So you just say this is, this like, you didn't even say nothing after. You just pause. I okay? uh, said so this is
2: True Ghost Stories by Real People. Well, tonight's episode <laughs> will be dwelling into famous hauntings. Yeah. Not dwelling. Uh, delving. My apologies. Dwelling. Delving.
0: Delving. Okay. I didn't hear you. That's how you talk to me, especially on this on the pod. <clears throat> so, am I gonna go first?
2: I was hoping so. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, look, since we're dwelling, delving, thank you, into famous ghosts, I want to talk about Boom Toys R Us in Sunnyvale, California.
2: Sunnyvale. Yeah. Like Sunny, like Sunnydale. Sunnyvale. No, I heard you say Vale, but I'm saying is that like Sunnydale? That's where Buffy's from.
0: Well, wow. so yeah, like Sunnydale.
2: That's amazing. She's the best Slayer.
0: So while many people Ooh. may not think of a modern superstore as being haunted, the Toys R Us haunting—I've heard about reminds, this
2: place—all the way back on Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack
0: reminds us that every plot of ground has a history. Built in 1970, the Toy Store is 60,000 square foot, one-story building. It is located 30 miles south of San Francisco at 130 East El Camino in Sunnyvale, California. This was once an apple orchard and part of a huge ranch owned by John Murphy during the late 1800s. Paranormal activity occurs regularly at this site. Typically, employees unlock the store in the morning and find the toys and books scattered about when they had been neatly shelved the night before. Sometimes, objects fly through the air or simply end up in a different place. People have reported being touched when no one is around. Also, some have heard a voice that they didn't didn't recognize calling their name. Aisle 15C sometimes smells of fresh flowers. Many employees and customers have reported incidents that have occurred in the woman's bathroom. You know, pause. Because when we, our Toys R Us women's bathroom freaked me out. I didn't like it.
2: It's, I didn't like that part anyway because remember back when I was little, they changed it before, you know, Toys R Us closed down. Mm-hmm. But you remember when I was younger, right in front of the bathrooms, that's where the Ouija boards and shit was. Yeah. They kept all of that on that that's wall. Where that Ouija the, board yeah, that, I got that was it too from. much. Mm. Mind you, that Ouija boy that you that came back to that Toys R Us was haunted. So I know that that Toys R Us was haunted, because that Ouija boy was already activated when it went back to Toys R Us from the trash can in our backyard. Yeah. So they could keep it. I never liked Toys R Us. I didn't
0: like that bad. Huh? It was <laughs> okay. something about it. It was like always felt like somebody else was in there with you. I would always look down. You know, how you look down see feet.
2: Yeah. To see is it a like, shadow? I didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's like when you have to think about that. But anyway. The water faucets start pouring when no one else is around. If turned off, they go on again. Women have reported being tapped on the shoulder. Those with long hair sometimes feel it being stroked by someone that they oh, can't baby, see. Oh baby fuck
2: now. Don't don't <laughs> don't pet me like no dog. <laughs> I will scream.
0: Though incidents had been occurring for some time, the story was not investigated until 1978 when local writer Antoinette May took an interest in the ghost. May invited psychic Sylvia Brown, a photographer, and several others to spend a night in the store. The, ex- the group expected the ghost to be of John Murphy, the land's original owner. The first impression that Brown picked up was of a tall, lanky man with his hands jammed into his pockets. The ghost spoke with a Swedish accent, and said that his name was Johnny Johnson. He warned Brown that if she didn't want her feet wet, she had better move. Records show that a well once stood on that spot. She reported that Johnson, Johnson was waiting for someone named Beth. Johnny Johnson lived in Pennsylvania <clears throat> before coming west sometime in the mid 1800s. While in California, he worked as a circuit preacher. Johnson became inflicted <clears throat> with inflammation of the brain, which left him with a mental handicap. Because this, is because this he was called Crazy Johnny. That's a shame. Johnson ended up working as a hired hand on the Murphy Ranch. The woman that Johnny is waiting for was Elizabeth Yuba Murphy, otherwise known as Beth. Johnny apparently had a crush on this lady, only to find out that she had left the ranch to marry a lawyer from the East Coast. Johnson died in eighteen eighty four. He bled to death when he accidentally cut his leg chopping wood. Some versions of the story say that it was his neck. This occurred on the spot where the Toys R Us stands today. Though Johnson was about eighty when he died, he has appeared to witnesses as a young man in his twenties or thirties. At this <clears throat> writing at this writing this story is still this store is still haunted and the management has no plans to get rid of the ghost. While some employees are afraid, others seem to enjoy Johnson's residence. The the manager claims that sales increase whenever the media reports on the ghost. This haunting has been very well documented. Sylvia Brown has been back to the store many times. Johnson's activities have been written about in books and newspapers. I guess. Well... I want to say about, um. what I was about to say about, oh, yeah. What, what is what is it now that Toys R Us is closed down?
2: It's just a building.
0: No, no, what you're hunting now?
2: I mean, but I'm pretty sure that Didn't the building is down? not still Toys R Us.
0: Mm. So whoever they sold it to probably gonna still have to deal with the same stuff because it's on the same land.
2: Right? No. Uh, yes. Maybe. No. So you telling yeah, me? Yeah, I'm saying they probably are. That's what I'm saying. I think. What I, but what I'm saying is, you because you said who's haunting it now? Who's? What do you? How do you know it's not a new building? Like they turned that old Toys R Us into something new. Okay, but then at the end of
0: the day, but it don't matter, John Murphy or whatever his name is. But depending upon what it land. is, how
2: much will you really notice him? Like, it on what it is. Like if it's
0: probably still going on. The bathroom's probably still running. The water's still running. The 15 uh, C aisle snow. like... is what is
2: it? Because it, it depends on what they turn it into. You only noticed them at Toys R Us because late at night you got to clean Toys R Us or they got to go into the bathrooms late at night. That's the only reason you noticed them. If it's uh, if they turn that shit into like a... I don't know what you could turn it into where you wouldn't notice them.
0: A skating rink?
2: Even then, people, them nachos and shit. A
0: supermarket. Yup,
2: yeah, you wouldn't notice him.
0: You would notice him because them things go flying off the shelves.
2: People don't care about that shit.
0: Yeah, they do. You walking down the aisle doing your grocery shopping, and all of a sudden, cookies and, you gonna look, and, you gonna and say, chips go flying. Y'all need to put on.
2: that. You know me. You know I'm not gonna, that, gonna that.
0: look like that in either of you.
2: Yeah, you would. Cause hey, you 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 gonna try to make an excuse for it. These Yo, are, they got, I'm loose, telling you, they got we, loose metals on here. Nah, this that no, mean that no. Walter, do that mean this this whole thing could have collapsed on me? <laughs> like is that loose? No They got stuff falling no, off the shelves? No, yeah, no, you would.
0: No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about flying off them shelves like the um like like Amityville, like 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 the conjuring, like flying. I'm talking about at you. Like you talking about I'ma just sit there and say Oh, Walter, is these shells loose? Could it fell on me? No, no, I'm not. What type of idiot do you take me for? You sound dumb. Moving on. Okay. That was really disrespectful. I felt like... Anyway, listeners, we're going to move on. Bless you, son. Thank you. So, what you feel about that one? Uh, really not much?
2: <coughs> yeah, Because I already knew that story.
0: Okay. Well, the next one is... We're going to move on down to Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. Okay. Hundreds of people visit the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland every day. In fact, it holds a record for being the most visited dark ride. And Disney imaginers worked hard using old magician tricks to create these illusions. While they may not have known, what they may not have known was that there are now several real ghosts haunting the place. In the early 1950s, Walt Disney and one of his top engineers, Ken Anderson, began working on the idea of a walkthrough haunted house. The inspiration came from a Disney cartoon about the Headless Horseman the visitor was to enter a new england style house and follow the story through the attraction until it reached a climax in a graveyard scene anyone who has visited the attraction knows that ideas changed and disney and anderson developed a new orleans style house that the visitors ride through on a doom buggy it does however retain the graveyard scene form in the original from the original plans construction of the building was put on hold in 1962 but halted in 1966 when Walt Disney died. The designers were in a quandary as Walt had not finished the planning. For a few years, the public could see the frame of the building poking over the construction fence. Urban legends surfaced about how the ride was being redesigned because it was scary that it supposedly caused the man to have a heart attack. The attraction finally opened in 1969. Pause. That is why. (laughs) See how rumors get started? That ride ain't even been open yet. And they talking about somebody that already died, and this is what... That's the rumor, already. Exactly.
1: So, shut it down. <laughs> Wrap it up.
0: Ride, nobody even been on the ride yet. So, it finally opened in 1969. While the building was built on property that had no previous construction on it, it did manage to attract some someone who had died nearby. In the 1940s, a man who had been piloting a small plane crashed in a lake near where the park was to be built later. His ghost has settled into the haunted mansion, referred to by cast members, employees, as the man with the cane. He is often seen late at night, especially after closing. The man in a tuxedo is another spirit, though no one really knows who he is. One day, an employee was working in the area where passengers disembarked. There is a mirror there, so the attendant can see when the riders come up behind her. She kept seeing a shadow in the mirror, and when she turned around, no one was there. The figure seemed to be wearing a tuxedo. Then she felt a chill and a hand placed on her shoulder. Of Of course, she turned to find no one there. The woman ran out of the haunted mansion and soon quit her job. There is a legend concerning a woman who was who wanted to scatter her young son's ashes inside the haunted mansion, but was forbidden by Disney officials. She snuck the ashes inside and covertly scattered them.
2: But who does that?
0: Apparently, this was not her son's last wish, as since she did that, people have sometimes seen the apparition of a crying boy sitting near the exit. Though there have been many stories circulated, one person ever actually died... N- wait... one person, I don't know what that means, in the Haunted Mansion. Each year, Disneyland sponsors grad night, which is for high school seniors. Two teenage boys were riding along in a dune buggy when one of them decided that he wanted to see the room called Seance Circle up close. The The young man stepped out onto the black painted walkway that was next to the tracks. What he did not realize was that there was a gap between the walkway and the platform on which the display sat. He stepped off the walkway and plunged 15 feet to the floor, breaking his neck. Mm. Mm, that's sick. Seance circle has been odd since the beginning. A sound designer was setting up equipment in the area before the attraction was opened to the public. He kept hearing music coming from behind one of the new walls. He submerged that. The radio had been walled up accidentally. After several days, the music had never ended and no radio announcer ever came on. The man could never find the source of the sound, so he arranged for the speaker to go in the area and drown it out. There had been many legends associated with the haunted mansion. That's it.
2: That was nice.
0: Hmm.
2: I mean, she she was wrong for uh, taking her child's ashes and putting them in there. That's why you're supposed to have security. Because I would have seen that. Madam, what are you doing?
0: But what's the difference if that's where she wanted her son?
2: The difference is that's morbid. And we have other customers who don't want to get on this ride knowing that you put your child's ashes, <laughs> which really should have stayed with you. I don't see why people do that. What? The hell's the point of you getting somebody cremated and then you don't keep their ashes? Because I'm keep mine. Yeah, don't sprinkle me into the wind.
0: You just said, Sending yeah. me
2: anywhere. Of course, I don't want to be cremated. It's neither here nor there. But, Let's but, hop on. But
0: of course, I'm going
2: to... Hop on over to Southern Virginia to the Shirley Plantation. Gracing the Southern Virginia, Virginian colony, and commanding a view of the James River, Shirley Plantation began building in 1723 by Edward Hill III for his daughter, Elizabeth. Hill's daughter, Hill's sister Martha had left for England to study, leaving behind an unsigned portrait of herself. A strong mouth and deep eyes dominated the painting, almost daring one to ignore its presence in the room. Martha later married an Englishman, Hugh Griffith, and remained in England. Though the portrait is known by the family as Aunt Pratt, no one seems to know the source of the name Pratt. In 1858, long after Martha's death, the family noticed the painting rocking violently against the wall above the mantel in a third-story bedroom. Mm. Moving the noisy portrait to the attic only intensified its turbulent actions. Knocking was heard around the house, and word got out that the plantation was infected with a rather boisterous picture. The Civil War soon surrounded the plantation, and the residents of Shirley were caught up in the turmoil of having their home turned into a field hospital as General MacLennan, Transported over eight thousand injured and dying men out of Virginia, right away. Living in that time period, I still I still think I would have believed in ghosts, and specters, and spooks even more than because you know ain't you no know, electricity like that. People living off candles and shit, and shadows at every turn. Right. Uh, you're not bringing eight thousand dying men onto this land. <laughs> <laughs> and. I, I mean, because they just, and that, they just taking people's shit. Because you, you know that they could do just, they could just commandeer your fucking land. Mm hmm. No.
0: <clears throat> and they think they going to bring 8,000 nah. dying men on my land and they dying at that. 8,000 of them, Not 800, not 80.
2: Depending upon how much money I had, you would arrest me. Because if I was like one of those super wealthy.
0: Like, imagine you that lady in Louisiana. She'd love it. Like, no. I uh, yeah, <laughs> That torture lady, what's her name?
2: I know who you're talking the about. The one it. who played on. Delphine. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm saying, if I had a lot of money during that time period, I'm super petty. I don't want you here, and because you're not listening, I had to burn down my first house. I'll rebuild, of course, when you're off my land.
0: So you the burn? I house burned down my all whole house.
2: No, they they're not going to go in it. Ain't no house to hide away in. Where you going to put <laughs> the people? <laughs> hey,
0: hey, you going to rebuild it?
2: Yeah, after y'all gone. You shouldn't. Don't try to. Don't commandeer my belongings that you didn't put any money in on. <laughs> that it doesn't sound right. It doesn't look right. Hell, you gonna come on to my my person? I don't give a fuck about a time of war. Okay, <laughs> I, I didn't ask for that war. it ain't got nothing to do with me. So you find the next man house who agreed to the war, who feel what you feel, or wh- whatever have you. Mm. But you're not about to park eight thousand dying or dead men in my yard <laughs> then when you motherfuckers leave 2 3 years later I'm wondering why I'm seeing dying and dead men in my yard mm-hmm. because you 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 died here this they can't die here you can't you can't amputate them none of that not on this land and that's what I said they this is new land here. and I will not have it uh uh washed in blood get them <laughs> out of here <laughs> okay you take that shit out into the the woods somewhere far out build a little camp out there cuz I'm sorry ugh Wow. With their access to the James River close by, take that shit down by the river. Injured men were transferred onto Union ships, and the dead were buried in the family cemetery. Let me stop you again. Sir, did you hear me say this is my family cemetery? Not anybody's cemetery. I don't know those strange men. They can't be buried here. This, this ground is sour. You don't want to put them here. Put them somewhere else. I don't know their religion. This is consecrated ground. (laughs) You can't just put anybody in anybody's graveyard.
0: How do you know? Everybody
2: got different graveyards, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know
2: that they agree with what what my religion was. I would hate to bury them in my ground. they just get up uncomfortable. Get them out of (laughs) here. You put them on those fucking Union ships and ship them on back home to their families. They can't be buried here.
0: Right.
2: There oh, why is didn't no they mention home
0: to their family. That it's was sick. ridiculous.
2: That's laziness. You wanna say, Well, we here, bury him here. Mm, I fuck don't you live will. If
0: I would have been one of them, I'd have spoken my weak and weary voice. But I don't live here.
2: Okay. There is no mention of Pratt's activity during this time. They probably have more pressing matters to worry about. After peace ensued, the portrait was taken out of storage in the attic and placed on the first floor in a place of honor for the old gal. Though happy for a while, it soon began its rocking, and the haunt was on for someone for some place, and the hunt was on for some place that the picture would remain quiet. Finally, placing the picture in Martha's second floor bedroom, it remained relatively quiet for the next few years in nineteen seventy four The Virginia Travel Council loaned the portrait with other items associated with psychic phenomenon to an exhibit at Rockefeller Plaza in New York. Mm. Once placed in a display window the picture began to rock so vigorously that the seal of virginia which was placed beside it began to swing from side to side in front of spectators. Aunt Pratt made her national tele- television debut on NBC TV as a reporter on his way to lunch stopped by to see what all the ruckus was about and caught the rocking on tape. It called some disturbance that it caused so much disturbance that it was removed from the exhibit and crated up. The night shift reported hearing crying and rocking in the storage room. Mm. One morning it was found on the floor outside the storage locker. Some thought she was making a break for the exit. (laughs) After being returned to Virginia, the portrait was taken to Linden Galleries in Richmond to help repair the damage to the frame. While there, workers would tell of bells ringing, though there were no bells on the property, the portrait was finally placed back at Shirley Plantation and is seemingly happy in his second floor bedroom. See that? She caught herself being ungrateful when she was in her second floor bedroom. You were still shaking rock. So he took your ass out, took you all the way to New York. You didn't fell out of crates, <laughs> busted the picture all up half the time, had to go down back to Virginia, but not where you live. Mm. All the way to Richmond to sit in somebody. And mind you, this shit was happening for probably, you don't know how long it took the, all of this to go on. <laughs> Weeks. Yeah. Months she just going through all this. She got back in that Shirley plantation and shut up. You realize what <laughs> you had. She
0: wanted to be home anyway.
2: You realize what you had. You never rocked again. Mm-hmm. Doing all that extra shit. I would have been. I would have been to put it sold it, rocking and swaying in my house. I'm got time for all that noise. <laughs> and I'm just that, was, that was it. Was her house
0: me. too? What you mean?
2: I look, this is about somebody that is tickle me forever freckles the <laughs> flying dutchman mm. I feel like arg. wow <laughs> I felt <laughs> it I, was, I tried and I was like right up tied your head I didn't want to do it but it came it just happened sailors have always been a superstitious lot there is reason for them to be since their lives depend on the strength skill and sanity of their captain and fellow crew as well as the weather and the unknown that lies deep in the depths of the water, not only did sailors have the have these to fear, but they had the devil and God to fear as well. If anyone felt the need to gold the devil or curse and blasphemy or blaspheme God, this was sometimes more fearful than the creatures that might be found living in the dark, deadly depths of the ocean. It is important to note that the Flying Dutchman is not a ship. The Flying Dutchman is the captain of the spectral ship that sails the tip of Africa. Mm. There are various versions of the Flying Dutchman in his ship. However, there are some common themes in each of the versions. The Dutch version has Captain Van Stratton vowing to sail around the Cape of Storms, a.k.a. the Cape of Good Hope. Before the storm could succeed, a horrible storm came upon them. Despite pleas and common sense, the captain refused to turn around. The ship and crew were lost. It is believed that the storm that the ship and crew are doomed to sell this Hold road.
0: up. pause. They were saying please and he refused.
2: That's when you call for mutiny. Yeah, see, I think you lost your mind, that, sir. That's, like you say, taking our gonna, kindness for weakness. His way yeah, you taking our kindness for weakness because that's respect that they had. Because I I don't really know too many pirates that was going to be lawful. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I I pledged allegiance to you and your situation. But you clearly see the outcome ahead. And you're refusing to turn us around because I can't drown. Yeah. So, I think, guys, that what we have here is a failure to understand one another. (laughs) So, who here wants to die... And who wants to live?
0: Yeah, that's how you gotta put it. Because
2: it's one of him, and it's about twenty of us. <laughs> I say we strap his ass down, and this is me being kind, Captain. So don't <laughs> you don't you forget. And we turn this boat around, and when we get back to shore. We let him go, or if he doesn't like that deal, we can tie him up again still and toss him to the storm. <laughs> Those Either pieces. one will do. Take your pick, cat. Well, wow. I can't die like that. And now they're doomed to haunt that route forever during the worst of storms. Mm. Mm. See that? Apparently, the tragic demise of the crew and the determination of the captain condemned them to remain sailing on the ship forever. I feel like that's the truth. Like, he probably still, like, they only realize they did. He's still just trying to complete it. the same task. And he just still yelling it at them. And they wonder... How long we been doing this shit? They probably caught up in a time loop, don't know nothing. They probably don't. In the British version, the captain and his crew were sailing around the Cape of Good Hope in 1821 when a deadly and fierce storm struck. The crew pleaded with the captain, who refused to turn to safe harbor. Instead, the captain mocked them in their fears. Mm -hmm. The captain then strode to the front of the deck, planted his feet, and shook his fist to the sky, Screaming a challenge to God Almighty.
0: Like um he
2: did on Forrest Gump. Yeah, that is sad. <laughs> like
0: Forrest Gump, you don't remember?
2: The what? hell with Forrest Gump. Blasphemy spewed from his lips, <laughs> taunting God to sink his ship.
0: That's what he said?
2: That I know some motherfuckers like it. You heard, oh, Forrest Gump, like you said. <laughs> He I'm said even, you'll never sink this shit. Wait, look, when you when you in when you questioning your faith, you tend not to care. <laughs> okay. Well, that's deep. I'm not doing You all can't that. really say you had a relationship with God if you ain't never said nothing small. I have.
0: Yeah, oh, I you have. You ain't never my dad died, I yeah, have you, On different times. You don't in have my a relationship have. with him
2: if you ain't never went off. And then you look fucking insane because you're snapping to the thin air. (laughs) If if you were were seen by a regular person, then look at you. What the fuck is this guy doing here? (laughs) But you don't care because you know he's listening. You on that petty betty. (laughs) Either way, he was taunting God to sink his ship. What made the captain so angry and careless is not known. But God must have heard him clearly because a ghostly figure appeared on the deck facing him. Mm. The captain continued his angry tirade <laughs> and focused his vile energy now on the ghostly figure.
0: Wow, he turned around. That motherfucker
2: was a G no doubt, wasn't he? He, wasn't, he said, was oh, he? What the, what, just what the fuck's this supposed to mean? <laughs> you pop up here glowing. Who, who does that move? I'm supposed to what? Be scared and turn around? I bet you bastards would like that. <laughs> you can take that eerie glow and shove it. He was on the... Look at this. The figure spoke only once, condemning the captain to spend eternity on the very ship on which he stood. Mm. In the different versions, it is clear that the captain is to blame for his own fate and the fate of his crew. No one can say who the captain was or the true name of the ship. The captain's ship has been sighted many times over the years by dozens of people. One witness was a prince of England who became King George on July 11th 1881, the Flying Dutchman was seen by crew from the Royal Navy ship, HMS, as they sailed off the tip of Africa. One witness to the ship met his death shortly thereafter. <clears throat> On January 24, 1923, there were four witnesses to the sighting. Fourth Officer N.K. Stone reported seeing a sailing ship with no visible sails, surrounded in a luminous mist. The ship moved quickly and silently, disappearing as suddenly as it had appeared. Hmm. Second Officer Bennett, a cadet, and a helmsman witnessed the apparition as well. Both Bennett and Stone confirmed the sighting, but the cadet and helmsman could not be found. After that? I don't, I, don't, I mean not to confirm, I guess. During World War II, a German submarine crew reportedly saw the ship as well. 1942 is the last reported sighting of the Flying Dutchman. The witness reported the derelict ship sailed into Table Bay and vanished. It is believed that the Flying (laughs) Dutchman is responsible for food that goes sour on ships, lone ships that meet a disastrous end, death's crew, and the veracity of storms. You see, that's how people enter. That's how you enter godhood. You see, that's how legends, and you become like a god, Next thing you know, now the ship has the ability to make other food on other ships, no matter where the ship is, go sour. Mm. People, we I think the mind keeps shit alive. You can create shit just off of a, a mass collection of people believing.
0: Yeah.
2: Because ain't no dead man in his ship made the food on nobody else's boat go sour. It went sour. You didn't refrigerate <coughs> it. Everything don't be everything, you know? Unless you take a steak out the freezer at <laughs> night in your home to prepare it when you get home from work and you let it unthaw when you get home it's covered in maggots mm-hmm. and it's just absolutely rotten when you know it was cherry red when you took it out that freezer and frozen solid. Right. Uh, anything other than that is bad. poor refrigeration. You didn't take care of that meat and it went bad. People just want to blame anything on ghosts. <laughs> Just anything. It don't make a lick of sense. Here's one of my favorite freckles. Welcome to Haunted Alcatraz, mm. or Helcatraz, as it was called <coughs> by some inmates.
0: Excuse me.
2: The history does not begin or end with the use of Alcatraz as a prison and penitentiary, for it was known to Native Americans and avoided as a place that contained evil, that contained evil spirits. Why don't people listen to Native Americans?
0: I don't know because they always
2: know the truth. This, this is—it's sad to say because it has become, and it's the only land we know. You know, because mm-hmm. I—I wasn't brought from another country. I was born here, as were you, as were a lot of Americans. Most of us, all of us. Right. Don't
0: speak
2: about me though. You, I mean, come on now. You, what, what part of, the, of a different country you came from? Your mama was born here. Your, your grandmama was born here. Your great-grandma was born here. You know? No,
0: I was born
2: in the Stop. Either way, this land is not really ours. So how are you going to tell them motherfucker been living here years before you was here?
0: Okay.
2: Like if I tell you, hey bro, don't go over there. Last time we went over there, it was just a whole bunch of nonsense. All sorts of dark entities. It was just weird. It creeps me out. It's a bad vibe. No, I, I'm going to go over there. Ain't shit over there. <laughs> Not only am I going to go, I'm going to build a prison. The energy of those who come to the rock and never left, Uh, who came to The Rock and never left, still remains for visitors from around the world to see, feel, and even hear. Mm. Alcatraz is a portal to another dimension where unexplainable events continue to occur. Whoever or whatever lurks in the shadows can be heard, seen, and felt. As a parapsychologist suggests, where so much trauma and negative emotion has occurred, there is bound to be residual energy. Mm. And Alcatraz has to feel, has the feel of an immense haunted house, complete with fog and restless spirits. Although the candle may have burned out for Alcatraz long ago, its legend never did. Mm. Prior to its discovery by Europeans, Alcatraz was viewed as a barren white rock, white because it was covered with pelican droppings, <laughs> thus receiving the name The Island of the Pelicans.
1: However, it wasn't
2: until the 1850s that the import, the importance of this tiny island as a defensive position was realized. Finally, the military decided to build a fortress in case an unfriendly ship might decide to enter the Golden Gate. The Army Corps of Engineers began to construct an impenetrable and imposing structure in 1854. The original construction estimates at 300,000 but it did not take into account the wind, rain, fog, strong ocean currents, lack of water, lack of vegetation, and the fact that there was only one possible spot to land equipment and supplies. Construction began with the erection of a temporary wharf for supplies. This followed by wooden shops, storehouses, barracks, and offices. Those who couldn't make it in the gold fields became reluctant laborers on Alcatraz. The labor force Carved out roadways and other features as the fortress slowly took shape. It was only a matter of time before Alcatraz began taking human life. During 1857, while a crew was was excavating along the railroad, along the roadway between the wharf and the guardhouse, a 7,000 cubic yard rock landslide buried a team of labor, uh, laborers. That scared, scared every day, part like, of my body. Me. Like it sent a shiver me. right up my spine. Like I, I hate <laughs> noises. Safe journeys for you? Oh my god, you got that. to do something. You that's got too much stuff to going on up. with you. All of these uh, uh, uh electronical so malfunctions up. happening around me. Stop. <laughs> okay. Bury so, yeah. the team of laborers. Daniel Pewter, age fifty of Ireland. And Jacob Unger, 25, of Germany, were the first known deaths on Alcatraz. On a cold December day in 18... They still there. Mm. Daniel and Jacob, Mm -hmm. they still there. On a cold December day in 1859, the third artillery arrived on Alcatraz with a group of 11. They were anonymous soldiers of Company H, the first prisoners to be incarcerated in iron in the basement cell room of the guardhouse for crimes not recorded in the Army files. Alcatraz was now a fully operational fortress and prison. By August 27th, 1861, Alcatraz was designated as the Oval as the official military prison for the entire Department of the Pacific. Mm. Living living conditions were grim. Men slept side by side, head to toe, laying on the stone floors. Mm. There was no running water or heat in the cells. Sanitary facilities we almost non-existent, and diseases were rampant. My God, get the hell away from me! <laughs> we cannot sleep right next to each other, toe to toe. You breathing and sneezing all in my face. Y'all better get me the hell up out of here, or put one in my head. Yeah, that's what man, I choose. I can't
0: be there.
2: Give me liberty, or give me death. <laughs> I will not stand this. Yeah. I, I, you know, I have, I get bad colds anyway. seems like every other month I have a, a cold. <laughs> I can't have you breathing that noxious disease into right into my open mouth while I sleep. Well, Ugh. After the Civil War, Confederate sympathizers caught celebrating the death of President Lincoln were sent to Alcatraz. What? See, that's that didn't feel very American. Mm-mm. If I if I should be able to shout and dance if I feel like somebody I didn't bang with died. This is a. That's not
0: right, though. But I don't think you should be thrown in jail. Okay,
2: especially not Alcatraz. Yeah. I'd rather you beat my ankles with a billy club and send me home. <laughs> the army designated Alcatraz Island as a prison for military convicts in 1868. In malcontent, in malcontents on, of society. Oh, the land by the late 1800s and early 1900s. Indian chiefs and tribal leaders of Arizona and Alaska were also being incarcerated, along with some of the worst thieves, deserters, rapists, and repeated escapees from the Army. From the Army? Oh, okay. Alcatraz again became a disciplinary barracks for U.S. Army military and As well as a health resort when soldiers returning from the Spanish-American War were brought there on the morning of 1906 there was a there was an earthquake in San Francisco Alcatraz shook but sustained little damage mm,
0: I thought
2: it did that same year four prisoners tried to paddle to the mainland on a butter vat what the fuck's a butter vat <laughs> mm-hmm. only to have strong currents bring them back there you go I would have said no. (laughs) I would have said no. I would have jumped out of that boat before I
0: went back. I'm
2: sorry.
0: If if it was bad, how bad do you think it's going to be now that you're back?
2: Okay, that's a demon. Any two times I'm getting out there and suddenly the winds pick up and just shove me gently back to shore, yeah, that's a possession. It's something on there. Mm -hmm. I would have said it. I can't go back to that island. There's something in there. It's yanking us back.
0: I would have said no. We gonna we no, got we gotta do something.
2: I don't know. If, I don't know what what y'all guys. Which y'all y'all better cut off. Each of y'all cut off an arm and paddle us. <laughs> I don't give a damn how you doing. I don't give a damn if you get out of this boat or, or this little butter vat and get on the back and you kick your legs and paddle <laughs> us across. We're not going back.
0: If we not. I'm dead it is. We gonna jump in, or we all just going down here. Yeah, this, this, this here is this where is we'll it. pass. This is it for me. I won't I'm go not back. Going back. <laughs>
2: All of the men were captured or surrendered. Oh, no. Driftwood was used during escape attempts in 1912, 1916, 1927. And a ladder was used during an escape attempt in 1929. All of the men were captured or surrendered, victims of the cruel currents and cold water. (laughs) In 1911, Alcatraz was officially named the United States Disciplinary Barracks an official army prison, which included both U.S. Army prisoners as well as German seamen who became prisoners of war. The social upheaval of the 1920s and 30s and rampant crime sweeping, American provided Alcatraz a new life. See, why do people write like that? And I've read it like that. It says the social upheaval of the 1920s and 30s and rampant crime sweeping, American, shh, provided Alcatraz with a new life. During escapes, gang-related murders and mass rioting were a menace to an early, to an orderly prison. It didn't sound very orderly. It did. So, if it, 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 it sounds to me like if a motherfuckers sleeping next to each other, toe to toe, head to head, ass to ass, I would expect there to be some gang-related murders and mass rioting.
0: Yeah, it can't even move, take gay? a poop or anything. without You right there in my face.
2: Attorney, except for when it counts, because how motherfuckers get murdered, and we all packed in here on top of each other, exactly. including you, guard. You and saw who did it, you was in on it. <laughs> so, we all need to take a closer look at ourselves. Eternal generate Homer Cummings supported J. Edgar Hoover in creating a facility which would instill fear and in would be criminals by creating a place where prisoners could be safely controlled and could not escape. Mm. In 1933, the prison facility was formally turned over to the Federal Bureau of Prisons. During 1934, Alcatraz became an escape-proof, maximum security prison where only the most hardened convicts were brought. See, Uh, that's better. Uh, Because them type of people, they don't give a fuck where you turn them (laughs) at. It don't matter where you turn them loose. The first residents of the newly created Alcatraz received numbers 1 through 32 with Frank Bolt having the distinction of being federal prison prisoner number one while serving a five year pr- sentence for sodomy. Mm, mm, mm. This was still old timey. I'ma look him up because you know back in the day you go to jail for me. they found a new nigga you going to jail and they give you that time. Wow. Five years you in there for me. I I mean it better it better not be for that. It better had it been for rape.
0: It probably was I'm about
2: to look it up but I'm not I'm reading right now. I'ma come back to you. <laughs> he was followed by Charles cook cop, okay, robbery and attempted assault. Then Leon Gregory, robbery and Harden. assault, yeah, and AWOL. Joseph Harrison, sodomy. Him and Frank was together. This <laughs> is the problem I'm telling you. I know what I know. When I get back here, so Forrest he, Henry him and Frank was I together. don't know. Because now there's also Clyde Hicks who is in for sodomy. So
0: So three men are already in for sodomy.
2: Ralph so. Hills. Robbery, assault, Albert Hook, robbery, Alan Hood, sodomy, and Frederick Holmes, sodomy. What's going on? Why is everybody sodomizing people? <laughs> What's happening, guys?
0: They probably came from a different prison and was out. This wasn't ready to be released.
2: To round out the first 10 ma- inmates, Al Capone was the first celebrity mm. on the first train to Alcatraz. Arriving in August 1934, he was given the number 85. Guards were armed with machine guns, and they ensured that there was no escape.
0: Well, how did Al Capone live? Cause I know he went in there, laying, laying on nobody's foot to uh, neck, neck to foot.
2: No, by then it was turned into a, a high-security prison, so you know you gotta come in there and clean it up because you can treat prisoners of war that way, but you can't do Americans like that. Uh-huh. Clean it up. I need a bid or something. These people aren't. Gr- I mean, it was still piss poor conditions because the whole used to, at one point was just what the fuck it sounded like. They ain't putting you in a room and they shut the door and it's just dark. It was a hole. <laughs> get down in it. You don't know how to be a good boy. And, I'll help and you. that's
0: what
2: they was doing Al I, I don't know. He probably did get in, But he looked like he wasn't into that shit. He probably sat back quiet. Nobody got time for that.
0: That's Al Capone, dog.
2: I don't mean he was in there rowdy getting himself a, a thrown in the hole and shit. All right, go ahead. Guards armed with machine guns ensured that there was no escapes. Many convicts found Alcatraz the end of their career in crime. As well as the end of their lives, for 29 years, the fog-enshrouded island, with its damp, cold winds and isolation, made Alcatraz one of America's safest prisons. The shell of steel and reinforced concrete confined ruthless men to a life of deprivation, rules and routines that provided almost that proved almost intolerable. When one adds the fact that the convicts could hear party boats pass by and see the San Francisco city lights. Oh my it God. is a little wonder it is little wonder that some prefer death to this kind of yeah, isolation.
0: That's going insane.
2: Failure to acquiesce, oh, failure to become accustomed to prison rules resulted in confinement in D block, the treatment unit. Mm-hmm. Here men could leave their four by <clears throat> here men could li- leave their four by eight foot cells only once in seven days for a brief ten minute shower life was hard on alcatraz just the way warden Johnston envisioned it his motto was take each day of your sentence one day at a time don't think how far you have to go but how far you've come mm. for many prisoners alcatraz became syn- synonymous with hell there were a number of escape attempts from alcatraz but the bloodiest occurred on may 2nd 1946 involving bernard coy joseph kretzer Sam Shockley, Clarence Carnes, Marvin Hubbard, and Moraine Thompson. It cost the lives of three inmates and ten guards, with 17 guards and one prisoner wounded. The trial after, afterwards resulted in the execution of two more convicts who took a part in the aborted escape. Hmm. Attorney General Robert Kennedy officially <clears throat> closed the doors of Alcatraz on March 21, 1963. From 1963 until 1969, the prison was unoccupied. Today, it is maintained by the Golden Gate National Recreational Area, where almost a million visitors per year pay to see the rock. Mm. To get there, take a seat aboard the the Red and White Fleet Ferry Service. The reputation of Alcatraz, like the solid ground it was built on, represents a lasting reminder that no man is above the law, and for some it is an eternal payback for their crimes against humanity. Kind of a paranormal prison. During a, sighting, during a sightings visit in 1992, several of the Park Service staff confirmed the haunted history of Alcatraz. Many rangers have experienced unexplained crashing sounds, cell phones mysteriously closing, unearthly screams, and intense feelings of being watched. Sightings called on by Psychic Investigator Peter James call, oh, to walk through the portion of the abandoned prison to get his impressions. James began to pick up on the voices of the tortured souls driven mad since its inception as a prison. He also sensed unusual vibrations of abuse, mistreatment, fear, and pain. His overall impression of Alcatraz was that it had an energy like no other he had ever experienced. A persistent and overwhelming intensity that engulfed the island. Some of the more haunted locations on Alcatraz appeared to be the warden's house. What? What? I didn't know all of that was on that
0: island. The warden's house, that's where he saw Yeah, because he you probably, you probably can't, like, float back and forth on a boat every day, catching a ferry. But he had a
2: whole house on
0: the island? That's probably, yeah, he probably had a little, he probably yeah, is. It appears
2: probably. to be the warden's house, the hospital, the yeah. laundry room, and cell box C utility door, where convicts Coy, Gretzer, and Hubbard died during their escape attempt in 1946. The most haunted area on Alcatraz is the D-cell block, or solitary, as it was often called. To most who go there, a feeling of sudden intensity pervades the cells and corridor. Some rangers refuse to go there alone. It is intensely cold in certain cells, far colder than normal, especially cell 14D. This cell is oftentimes so cold that wearing a jacket barely helps, even though the surrounding area is 20 degrees warmer. It is no wonder the area was called The Hole. When oh. Arthur, when authors Richard Weiner and Nancy Osborne visited Alcatraz, they ventured down the solitary with a park ranger. As Osborne entered cell 14D, she immediately felt strong vibrations coming from within. Weiner and the ranger followed Osborne and within seconds, each of them experienced an intense singling sensation in their hands and arms. They were convinced that something or someone was in there with them. The far corner of the cell where they were standing and feeling the intense energy, was the exact spot where the naked, shivering prisoners would huddle, night after night, in the unforgiving darkness. They had to. It was like it was a bunch of them in there all at once, but that naked, huddled into the corner. I don't
0: know. That just sounds horrible.
2: Yeah, I'm not doing all that. Well, I run hot anyway, so I wonder how cold it could have got at that night. Cause you know I love a good cold.
0: Mm-hmm. Me too.
2: <laughs> I love it. Don't come over here with me trying no, to share it's, nobody. It's probably
0: here. freezing because you got to think about it. it is you on, on, the yeah, you, you on, on the water. Yeah, you on the water. It's probably cold. The, the ground, is, like the floor, is probably cold. The day after day,
2: waking up to the and smell And then you of got the cold walls. And you ugh. just want to throw up day after day. I would attack somebody. <laughs> That's probably why kid. they did. Yeah, just you just wake you up just in just a bad mood. Not the fuck Every today. Day. I'm telling you, when I get out of this cell today, I'm just going to start a whole bunch of ruckus.
0: Yes, you probably just want to die.
2: Yeah, you don't care. A former guard related his story about cell block D, particularly cells 12 and 14, and the frightening remnant energy lingering in the subterranean portion of the prison. During his stint in the 1940s, convicts were often confined in one of the 14 cells in D block, cells 9 through 14, all of which were called the hole, Mm. because they contained no windows and only one light which could be turned off by the guards. The darkness made it seem like a hole in the ground, hence the name. On one occasion, an inmate was locked in the hole. Within seconds, the inmate began screaming that someone with glowing eyes was in there with him. They let him out? Probably not. Probably said, yeah, don't tell me you in here doing all this bad shit and you scared of the boogeyman.
0: <laughs> they probably did say uh-huh. shit like that, too.
2: They probably said, brother, shut the fuck up. Ain't no <laughs> nothing in there with no glowing red eyes like nobody else ever said it. You're not getting out should have behaved thyself. Or you know the rules. <laughs> oh. A night in the hole. <laughs> the man's screaming continued well into the night until there was silence. Mm. The following day, the guards inspected the cell and the convict was dead. <gasps> A horrible oh expression God. etched on his face and noticeable hand marks around his throat. <gasps> I would have been any one of those guards that heard him screaming that night, knowing none of us went in there until the morning, and he did with hand marks around his neck. And he said something with gone red eyes was in there. I would have quit. I'm that going desk. to go home on the ferry, and please don't call me on Monday. <laughs> don't call me on Tuesday. <laughs> I will not be coming back in. I do not care for this job, nor do I need a recommendation from you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and good luck. And may God have mercy on your soul for as long as you choose to work here. Because all y'all know that was some oddball, monstrous, demonic shit. How did he die? Yup. With got, a horrible and then, expression and then etched on his, his face.
0: Family. How you explain that to his people? How you gonna explain that to his family?
2: And noticeable hand marks around his neck.
0: And, and the family going to say that. No, I see hand marks around his neck. Somebody choked him.
2: The autopsy revealed that the strangulation was not self inflicted. See that? Some say he was strangled by a guard who had enough of the man screaming. Mm-hmm. Although no guard ever admitted it, even to the other guards.
0: Mm.
2: Man, so he said none of the guards was admitting it, not even to the other guards. You know,
0: guards talk with each other. Yeah.
2: So. They would have said it to the other guards. But then again, to tell me that none of the guards ever admitted, I don't know that. You could be looking me in my face lying. A man don't just die. All of them would have been up for, uh, for, for see, the, the, life ain't fair. Because it would have been me. I don't give a fuck if you can't explain it. If a ghost did do it, I didn't see the ghost did it. And I, 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 I didn't know that ghosts kill people like that. <laughs> but I know humans kill people. And I know it was all of you motherfuckers in here. And it ain't no camera. Because, to, to, you know, they didn't have that shit then. Right. Ain't no camera in here to tell me what really went down. So you killed them. The noise started to build up, and you just couldn't take it anymore. This island will make a man do crazy things, even the most sane of men. You killed that prisoner. You was tired of him screaming and hollering about the thing with the red eyes. For all I know, the thing with the red eyes was infecting you. He's seeing it, but it was filling you with rage.
0: Yo, I swear. like
2: I would have quit. A number of guards from 1946 through 1963 experienced something out of the ordinary at one time or another, from the outer rim of the grounds to the deepest caverns. There was constant talk of people sobbing and moaning, mm. horrible smells, cold spots, and seeing the thing with glowing eyes. So plenty of people had saw the thing So with imagine, eyes. wow. And you don't know what the thing with the glowing eyes is. That feels like that's not something that came there when they started building. That feel like that's the thing that the Native Americans was telling them about not going over there for. It. That's mm. older than them. That's as old as that fucking rock. Said don't go over there. There's something over there. And you still go over there. That's the thing with the glowing red eyes. And
0: then you build.
2: Yeah. So now oh. it's got to hide and weave and and, and share a space that they have to share before because the Native Americans was respectful. Right. They said you can keep that whole fucking rock, pal. <laughs> this is horrible. There were cold spots. Even groups of phantom prisoners and soldiers have appeared in front of startled guards, guests... Phantom
0: prisoners. Like, imagine they just coming... And
2: it's a whole group of them that appear in front of you.
0: What?
2: Uh Uh-uh. Even Warden Johnson, who didn't believe in ghosts, encountered the unmistakable sounds of a woman sobbing. As if coming from inside the walls of the dungeon when he accompanied a number of guests on a tour of the facility. As if that weren't Mm. enough, an icy icy cold gust of wind blew through the camp, chilling them to the bone, just as the sobbing stopped. The now burned-out shell of the warden's house has also been a focal point for sightings since the 1940s. During a Christmas party, several guards witnessed the chilling apparition of a man wearing a gray suit, a brimmed hat, and mutton-chopped sideburns. What's that? You know them thick ones that be... Oh, okay. Okay. When the man saw when the men saw the apparition, the room turned deftly cold. The fire in the Ben Franklin stove was extinguished, and after less than a minute, the man vanished. Wow, that's scary. I want to go to Alcatraz.
0: I do too. Now I do want to go there. Yeah. I don't want to see nothing, but I want to go. I want to hear something. I'm did like like when when I say we. I want to go to these haunted places. I just don't want to see anything. Yeah, I'm I can good hear with anything. feeling. Oh, Dad, I'm good with feeling. feeling. Don't, touch don't, me. Me don't touch me. Don't, don't scratch
2: me, though. Don't touch me. Don't stroke my like, hair. i Don't do none of that. None of that.
0: But you can step down the steps. You can yeah. swing the door. You can
2: like, moan you know. and sob. I say, yeah, oh, I'll shit, like, did, oh you oh God, did you hear the sobs? I heard the sobs of pain and torture. Oh, yeah.
0: That's but real. I don't want
2: to see the torture that's making you sob. <laughs> this is another. This is what. Well, this is a place I never really wanted Wait, to go I
0: know to. What are you pissing me?
2: Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. So,
0: this is the King House. Uh huh. Ocean Street, Mayport, Florida. The King House was originally built on an old Spanish graveyard and was used as a boarding house for travelers and sailors. The first house, no, the first house, fell to fire. <clears throat> and was rebuilt sometime after April 25th, 1881. It still stands in Mayport, Florida to this day. The house was purchased, owned and occupied by John King until after his death in the late 1970s. It was during his years at the house that John King made it it the celebrated haunted house of the area. Mr. King told ghost stories to the children of Mayport on a scheduled weekly basis and soon was telling his stories to many, many visitors from all over the country. A master storyteller, Mr. King was able to use his gift and the number of strange happenings which occurred to make the house come alive with the ghosts who had decided to roam the rooms and halls of the old boarding house. A number of university studies have been conducted at the King house, and it was concluded that the atmosphere at the house was perfect for haunting, and there was some kind of presence in the house. A distant aunt of Mr. King's was pitchforked to death what as the she sat. Fuck?
2: <laughs> That's a death you do not hear often.
0: Pitchforked as she sat in a green rocking chair by her jealous sailor ex boyfriend. Mr. King claimed he still had the chair and it was used for selected visitors to sit in while he told his stories. The, sir, I, I would that. No, no. If he had me sit in that chair and then told the story. I'ma burn that house down, with the chair and me in it, still sitting in it.
1: That's life.
0: Cause you got me messed up. If you think you' gonna tell me something that had me sitting, had that residual markings on me, following me back home, I'm not with that. Mind
2: you, she didn't die in her sleep. She was pitchforked. That's that's what is this Friday the 13th? The game?
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness, we are running out of time, but we will be back because I will have to finish this story on. So, the next episode, for the listeners, we will be finishing the story of King House.
2: And getting back into more famous hauntings. Be right back after this commercial and musical interlude. And we're back.
0: Hey, guys. So, we finished last reading about the King House, which we weren't done. So, I would like to complete that. So, starting from where I left off. A distant aunt of Mr. King's was pitchforked to death, as she sat in a green rocking chair by her jealous sailor ex-boyfriend. Mr. King claimed he still had the chair, and it was used for selective visitors to sit in while he told his stories. Many, including Mr. King, have claimed the chair rocked with no when, with no one sitting in it. The death of the aunt is a great and tragic story, and her ghost roams the halls of the of the house to this day. The little man in red was a ghost who had a sense of humor and who would play games and tricks on Mr. King and his guests. Mr. King told of the times he would go down the stairs at the house and there would be strangers sitting in his living room. When he would question them about being in his house, they would say they came for the ghost stories and that his butler, a little man dressed in a red uniform, answered the door and let them in. He told them to wait in the living room and he would get Mr. King. Mr. King never knew where the little man came from, but he was one of the first ghosts. There was one time when a young couple gave Mr. King's ghost butler a ride from outside Parnell's restaurant when it was raining. When Mr. King questioned the couple how they got into the house, they told him the little man in red asked them for a ride because of the rain, and he had told them to wait in the living room for Mr. King. Sometimes a couple would be surprised to find him sitting in the back seat of their car as it was parked by the King house. The lady in white was a young woman who was killed on her wedding night in a car wreck near the little jetty rocks near the King house. Being so near by the house was the perfect place for her ghost to settle. Mr. King heard her crying the night of the accident and a few days later he encountered her in his kitchen. Wow. Wait a minute. Where am I? So he heard her crying. Okay, he encountered her in his kitchen where she would spend most of her haunting time. She would be seen at the sink doing the dishes and cleaning off the table or opening the stove. She even put away things Mr. King left out. She wanted to be a good wife and housekeeper. She was also territorial and didn't like other women in her kitchen. It was hard to be a female cook in Mr. King's house. The lady in white would make sure her cake fell. She also followed some of Mr. King's guests home. See? That's what I don't like. Don't follow me nowhere. (laughs) So, it was consistently the young girls who would see her away from the house, but she would always return the same night. The ghosts would pull the covers off of Mr. King and guests at night. They would open the doors when a doorknob was reached for. Mr. King had a niece who would not go in the house because she could always smell her dead husband's cologne when she did. Wow. <clears throat> I think I want to visit that house, but I don't think so.
2: Okay. Because of um. You follow me around no house.
0: Yeah, that's my only thing. I don't... Because I
2: feel like, you tri- like I'm a steal something. <laughs> Get off my fucking bag.
0: That is not even,
2: like... That's what it's about. You think somebody wants something out your house.
0: (laughs) Yo, you would say something like that. That lady, they just said that the lady is territorial. She died close near, well, near. You think somebody still something out your house. It's not even her house. Didn't you just hear
2: him. What? No, it's not her house. Oh, then you need to get off my back. She died near it. You didn't hear. I don't got nothing to do. It still ain't your house. Go to the street <laughs> where you died. Wow. Or the land or the part of the house where you died, and that's what you be territorial of. Don't follow people around the whole house like you own the joint.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, this is Drury Lane Theater.
2: Oh snap.
0: Okay, sometimes. Does the Muffin
2: Man also work on that street? Like wow. Sometimes. <laughs>
0: Sometimes you just can't pull yourself away from the theater, from a good theater. The Drury Drury, Drury Lane Theater Mm. Royal is the oldest theater in London, save the rebuilt globe. Um, Having been built in 1663, its walls have a long history full of intrigue, romance, and murder. The most famous ghost to inhabit the audience is the man in gray, so named for his long grey coat accompanying his trick-corn hat, powdered wig, and sword. His dress has been identified as a common as common to the eighteenth century. He's more what he's more appointment well wow. to shush patrons rather than scare them. He comes to watch the play from the balcony where he slowly walks from one end to another, only to disappear into the wall. Who said ghosts only appear at night? His favorite haunting time seems to be between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m., time enough for the tour groups to get a good peek. He is often seen at rehearsals and his presence is considered very lucky. Of course, there are the people that want you to break a leg before any performance too. So I think they're just looking for something to hold on to. King Charles II, who gave the theater its royal character, also likes to pop in now and again with his with his routine. His love of the theater also extended to a young actress, orange seller Nell Gwyn, who got her start at Drury Lane. She went on to become one of the most popular and infamous figures of that century as both a comedian and Charles's mistress perhaps chuck is wandering the backstage to find his lost lover he probably didn't find her at the performance of oklahoma but it did help curly hit the high note in his in his hit solo oklahoma sweet young things sweet young things are often helped along along in their performances by the unseen hands of john grimaldi a popular comic and singer who was often seen at Drury Lane before his death. He apparently guides them around the stage and gives actresses a little pat on the back after a good job. Don't touch me. (laughs) Not a bad gig for a dirty old man. (laughs) Yo, they call him a dirty old man. Wait a minute. Wait one minute. Something wicked walked through the theater about two hundred years ago and left rotting corpses behind. Around a hundred years ago, workmen broke through a wall containing the skeleton of a man complete with a knife poking out of his rib cage. Now call me crazy, but I'm thinking he didn't do this on accident, at least not the brick bricking himself up bit. The remaining bits and pieces were gathered up and buried in a nearby churchyard. Perhaps this would be would have been the same churchyard that rebuilt, that reburied the coffins left exposed in Drury Lane Graveyard in 1830s. It's hard to imagine a more peaceful scene. You, the birds, and someone's foot poking out of the ground. Mm. <laughs> Yo, some of these, whew, boy. I thought it was gonna be like telling me something about um the the nursery rhyme. Yeah, that's that's what I really thought. You another one? I do. Um, I'm trying to see which one I think I like. I want to try... Hmm. Oh, they got my one. I'm going to do one of my very favorites, the Myrtle's Plantation. The Myrtle's Plantation... Located 70 miles north of New Orleans, the Myrtles Plantation contains some of the most inter- interesting architecture, architecture seen in the South. Lacy ornamental ironwork outside and plaster friezes inside the large, airy rooms. The Myrtles Plantation also has been featured in such magazines as Life, Southern Living, The Wall Street Journal, USA Today. <coughs> Excuse me. Family Circle, and many other publications. Many TV stations have also done features on this house. Not all publicity had to do with the architecture. According to the U.S. Tourist Bureau, the Myrtles Plantation is one of the authentic haunted houses of America. It seems the Myrtles Plantation of Louisiana has many different spirits that roam its beautiful landscaped areas outside and inside the manor. The most famous ghost would be would have to be Chloe. She was a governess for the Judge Clark's Woodruff's children. The judge also carried on an affair with the mulatto woman. He soon tired of her and and banished her from connection with the family. Oh, really? He then caught her eavesdropping on the conversation of his on a conversation of his in anger. he decided to make an example of Chloe and have her ear cut off. After that, she wore a green turban to hide her deformity. She extracted her revenge,
2: however. Deformity was something you was born with. You mean her mutilation? <laughs> Let's say that. She hid her mutilation. Because that that's what it was. You born with a deformity. Bitch, I came in this earth with two ears.
0: <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be Little no
2: deformity. try I call it a deformity. I, I hid my mutilation. Don't get me riled up, Freckles. Because <laughs> don't, don't even do it.
0: Because I don't understand. she soon
2: grew tired of her. Bitch, she was tired of you that first night.
0: Okay. Yeah. So after no. that, she wore a green turban to hide her deformity.
2: Her mutilation.
0: She extracted her revenge. However, she asked to bake a birthday cake for one of the judge's children, a peace offering, in a way, in a way, and was granted permission. While mixing up the cake, she added a few choice ingredients to the batter oh, that yeah. wasn't in the recipe. And what is it? Oleander. Oleander. Yeah. She poisoned two of the judge's children and his wife to death. She was hanged for her wickedness.
2: I don't think she did that Why shit she accidentally. Got... Her, her grandmama knew how the root worked. Okay, so that means you grew up as a little girl around root work and Cree and Cree and all that shit. You knew good and well how much Oleander to put in there. You don't think she, you think she nah, did Nah, she purpose? did that shit on purpose. It wouldn't be my ear? this just... Yeah. Ain't nobody going to be happy. (laughs) Cutting your ear off. Okay. Because you wanted to put your hands upon my flesh.
0: (laughs) So she was hanged for her wickedness. Her corpse was then thrown into a nearby river. Wow. Wow. And her family did that? Are they sure her family did I don't believe that. They just want to try to
2: take the blame off the white master who did it. It was him and his kinfolk. They all gathered around that tree and then threw it in there. Them slaves ain't did that.
0: The ghosts of Chloe have been seen several times roaming around the mansion in the middle of the night. Sometimes a baby's cry is heard when she is seen. She also likes to disturb the sleep of the guests by lifting the mosquito netting that surrounds the beds.
2: Oh, don't do that, Chloe. See, now you talking about- See, I thought you were staying in one corner. I didn't know she did all this. So I have to say it.
0: Some say she is still checking on the judge's children she used to govern. Another spirit that makes himself known as William Winter, who owned the plantation between 1860 and 1871.
2: I think that's up the ladder to the roof.
0: His spirit is said to linger because of the strange circumstances surrounding his death. He was called out on the porch one night uh-huh. where he was shot in the chest. He then staggered back into the house and managed to climb 17 of the 20 stairs where he died in his wife's arms. He is now heard climbing the stairs, but he only makes it to the 17th
2: I, w- I want to hear that so bad.
0: I do want to hear that. I do.
2: I just do. Do. Oh, snap. I would say, Walter, you hear it? I'm not opening the door, the no, bedroom door. I, no,
0: we just be sitting in the dark just listening. Shh. Give me your hand. No, what if, like, I don't want to touch. Don't touch my hand.
2: Yeah, because that'll make it Cause worse.
0: Because I feel like then he going to turn and knock on this door.
2: Yeah, you made and it And then worse. we going to see the shadow of his feet underneath oh, he, the he door. He never made it up to 17 yeah. steps all, today, all of a sudden today. You but me? I also want us to get our own room
0: I don't want no own, our own room. if we don't get our
2: own room nothing is gonna happen well
0: you can we're gonna spend the whole right night
2: laughing about. and giggling probably do the show a couple times and neither one of us seen anything
0: well I'm not doing it so
2: whereas if you have you have that the 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 mistress's room you might see the two little girls you'll wake up to them jumping on the bed
0: whether you rather you might stop talking about it now because I already gave you my fucking answer I'm not doing
2: you wouldn't be scared of
0: kids. I'm not going in my own separate room, knowing damn well that I have this ability. You want something to happen to me by myself?
2: I'm gonna take two Advil PMs and be out.
0: No, cause next thing you know, you take two Advil PMs and them little girls jumping all on the bed, waking you all out to sleep. They didn't want to be. Yeah, I your feel like feet.
2: they 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 could take the, they could take that drug away. I guarantee you has to wake up.
0: Man, I guarantee you has to wake up on any damn type thing happening in there. Whether you want anything, you could be on Tylenol, PMs, Advil, PMs, anything, and you hear feet that deep. Them feet. When I was watching that on TV, those
2: feet did not sound light. Yeah, he heavy. He he sounded like a heavy stepper. It sounded like and you. And that that shit echoes. And then all then I think the in those houses, there. when you're in the house, like Esther, Hester. That's her name. Hester. Hester. Yeah. Hester not in there with you? I
0: Ain't no you
2: get that you rent that whole house.
0: No, and no damn well somebody got to be in there at night.
2: No, it's the main house, but then when you at that house that's on the land, it, you rented that house. It's only a bedroom in there. It's her upstairs. It ain't
0: no, be- no, it's not. When I looked at the, the, the detail of it, inside the house is like other rooms. You got the little girl's room. You got the man who walks up
2: the stairs. His room. You no, got- it is other people in there, but it's not Hester now. It's uh, the other people who rented out those rooms. Well, I'm telling you right now, we all gonna be disturbed that night.
0: 'Cause if I if we, right if we I'm knocking door. on everybody's door waking everybody up. I'm sorry, everybody I didn't need to come you, Joe No, come, and on, Joe in and Stacey. Yeah, come on in here. Stacy. Really yeah. Come on in here, Miss Joe. Scary. Mr. Joe and Miss Stacy. Come on in here with us.
2: No, everybody's getting no, in. Yeah, they can. No. I want to be a- surrounded by a lot of people. Right yeah, you mess it up.
0: Yep, because if I see something, I want everybody to see something.
2: You are really messing I'm bringing
0: up. Out the, I'm bringing out everything. I want all type of energy. now. I'm really work, should take I'm going to work orders. everybody's ner- nerves now because you know it feed off of fear. Yeah. I'm going to work everybody's nerves. Not only did I hear the feet, I'm going to say I felt the little girls jumping. I can't shut this door. Can you please keep your door open, too? I'm not playing. I'm going to disturb everybody's I peace. I would be scared,
1: yeah. but I feel like we'd be safer in the slaveholders.
0: And the slave quarter houses is off to the side of the big house. Yeah, it made dark. And it, and it's just sitting back and in the did, woods, just all just. It look, first of all, I don't like to be surrounded they by unkempt. woods. And no, it ain't even that it's unkempt. It's that it's surrounded by woods. It looks like underground. You the don't movie, know
1: What's in those woods?
0: You know what it looked like. Remember our like underground? Like underground?
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> now, you, you know why where she like used that? to go back like there? Where the, the rooms that her son used to stay yeah. in? You know that... why it looked like that? Why?
2: Because it was a real plantation.
0: <laughs> I know it was a real plantation. That's why it looked like that. But one. I'm saying it, looked, it reminds me of... Of course, because that was a plantation. <laughs> okay? Stop trying to play with me. Everybody's plantation didn't look the same.
1: Yeah, please. Okay. You had the slave quarters. You had the big house. You had the field. <laughs> what more do you need to know? Get back to your story. So
0: yeah. anyway, so anyway, because you're doing too much. Other sketchy sightings at the Myrtles Ooh, plantation sketchy. have included a pool of blood, apparitions of two little blonde girls peering through the windows, a mischievous child entity who likes jumping on freshly made beds. He is followed closely by a young woman in a maid's uniform. Can you
1: take kids there? Yeah. Premier will see them little girls.
0: By a young woman in a maid's uniform who s- smooths the rumpled bed linens.
1: Oh, it's- I know how I fixed my own bed, madam. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm Do not disturb. No,
0: it's when you're you watching him jump on the bed. And then she comes right behind him and smooths off off the, um, and smooths oh, the Oh, baby, rustles. fuck no. I would. Both of y'all need to go. Because now I'm bugged out. Like, I can't stay. That's why I don't want to stay there. But I, <coughs> I visit. <coughs> but I don't want to
1: stay. <coughs> you coughing all over. I feel like your best chance of seeing something would be to stay a week. I, I, who? Who? That's your best <coughs> chance to see something. Because you know how it is. You got to actually.
0: Excuse me, I got.
1: You actually cough. have to. Just because you can feel shit as soon as you come into a house, don't gar- don't guarantee you, you're going to see nothing. You have to become comfortable, like let your guards down. Mm. So I think I would have to stay more than two days before I actually saw or heard anything. Where
0: are we going to eat? <coughs> Excuse me.
2: I don't know work I here. I ain't catch, that hungry. I
0: always catch a cold when it's getting cold. Mm-hmm. Hold on. No, you're talking about staying seven days. Where are we going to eat? What do you mean? We ain't going to eat. At there, they got No, that's why I said we should go to the one, the house that's on there. That's the one I was telling you about. I forgot what it was called. I think it's called the Lily House, the Flower House. It's just a house. It sits right next, almost off from the slave quarters. And it's a little, it's a house with like, it's like a house. Okay. And it, and it has, it's, oh, it
1: got a refrigerator and whatnot. Yeah, a whole kitchen, there. a den, a living uh, room. I'm in New Orleans. I mean, well, down in Louisiana, basically. It's only a little bit of ways. I don't want to eat food that you have brought and put in the refrigerator and prepared yourself.
0: No, I don't. I want to eat some beignets.
1: But that's, that's not what we're here to talk about. I want to stay there for more than two days. Not me. Because if I don't stay for more than two days, I'm not going to see anything.
0: Well, then, how about you stay? I got to get comfortable. Well, go ahead. And I hope you make it back. And if you do come back, you can't come around me. Because I don't know what followed you. You stayed too many days, and that's what I tell you. Walter, I'm sorry. I love you, but you stayed too many days, and until you get yourself cleansed, you can't come step not two feet away from me. Not even just stay far away from me as you possibly can. I don't care. I'm not staying there like that. That's too long. I feel like they're gonna attach themselves to our clothes or something. Next thing you know, we home and we see Chloe, huh? I would want to
1: know. I would be proud for her. She ran, and she's up north.
0: And she's free, huh? Wow.
1: But you can't stay here. Keep that freedom trail moving, girl. (laughs) Okay. Keep it pushing. You can't live around me.
0: You want me or you? Which is that? Mommy or you?
1: Are you done? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's me. I'm up. Like if oh. you was want to do it, you should have been up. Now a bed and breakfast. What? Girl, now a bed and breakfast located in Fall River, Massachusetts. As a children, boy, who heard the poem. The poem. Lizzie Borden took an axe. Oh. She gave her mother forty whacks. When she seen what she had done, she gave her father 41. That's weird.
0: So, Lizzie Borden really
1: did that to her I don't believe she did that. Oh, of course you know, Of course, <laughs> Elizabeth Borden was the prime suspect in the murder of her father and stepmother. But she had a good lawyer and was acquitted. Right. No. Her house now turned bed and breakfast is very active with spirits. The marriage between Andrew Borden and Abby... Dorothy Gray yeah. was not exactly a love match, mm. but one of convenience. Mm. Andrew needed a housekeeper and mother for his girls, Lizzie and Emma. Oh, you want that color purple? It was the times. Huh?
0: Oh, you trying to get me? You you, 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 you come to my house to pick me like we had this happily ever after, but really, I'm only there to take care of your kids
1: in the house. Huh? It it was the times. Hmm. Abby's pro- and, as- and Abby's prospects for a husband were dwindling. Mm. And although Andrew was a miser, he was also a rich catch. There was no love lost between the girls and Abby before the murders. Oh, There was no love lost between the girls and Abby. Before the murders, the grown girls had been referring to Abby as Mrs. Borden and refusing to be a family. They basically lived all together in the same house as strangers. Mm. The girls secluding themselves behind locked doors. The, w- the day of the murders, the only people around the house were Lizzie, Andrew, Abby, and the maid, who was outside washing windows and gossiping with the neighboring maid. Lizzie claimed to be outside also eating pears underneath the pear tree during the time of the murders. Mm. Abby was killed in the guest bedroom while changing sheets on the bed. Andrew was killed about 90 minutes later in the sitting-slash-living room while napping on the couch. Mm. Lizzie was later seen by the maid burning a dress in the backyard. She did it. Much hmm. controversy surrounds the murders, and many different theories are out there about the murders. Maybe maybe her sister did it, and she was covered up for her.
0: That could have been true.
1: Much controversy surrounds the murder. You were never here, you know? Mm-hmm. And many different theories out there are about the murders it is. Is it any wonder the house is reportedly haunted? Cold spots are felt in many rooms Abby has been known to climb into the guest bed sometime. What the fuck? See no see Abby it's- has been known to climb into the guest bedroom into their bed with them Mm-mm.
0: See see who does that Abby? Abby does it do she know that you in there? I don't really care. That's why I would never stay in Lizzie Borden's house. That's one place I would want to see from the outside and go in and visit while I still
1: daytime. As far as staying there, no. That's another one that I can't do. People who work in the house say they hear voices and opening and closing of doors. Other people have heard arguments between two female voices and a woman crying. That was that was Lizzie arguing with her sister Emma. Yeah, probably. Why'd you do it, Emma? <laughs> you got
0: us in a whole heap she, she of trouble. with
1: that murder in 2019. How? You, I said she wouldn't have. Oh, I was the about to would, say. He would've had her ass. hemmed up. Even if she wasn't guilty, you going to jail. She <laughs> burnt that dress a thousand times. They would've dug in that trash can, found some sort of fabric. Mm-hmm. A little dot. There's so many unsolved murders
0: that would be solved now to this, to this day. This is the Edgar
1: Allen Poe House. Hmm. That's your people's... You know it is. People (laughs) often take for granted that Edgar Allan Poe's former houses could be haunted. Though his ghost has been spotted other places, his old home on 203 North Amity Street in Baltimore Hmm. is haunted by someone else. The building is a a two-and-a-half-story brick row house. It is a very small and narrow house. The attic room that Poe lived in is so tiny that adults often have trouble standing up in it. Hmm. Was he poor? The house was built in 1830, and Poe's aunt, Maria Clem, rented it in 1832. Poe himself lived there from that year until 1835, along with her, his grandmother, and two cousins. One of these cousins was Virginia Clem, whom he later married. What? In 1939, the house Edgar
0: Allan Poe married his
1: cousin? People just do hmm. anything. in 1939 the house was almost demolished during a slum clearance program it was taken over by the Edgar Allan Poe Society of Baltimore in 1941 the house is open to the public and operated by Jeff Jerome who has been the curator since 1977 one of the interesting things that can be seen there is a portrait of Poe's wife painted from her corpse Mm. doors and windows in the Poe house often open and closed by themselves. In 1968, I'm not going to be able to keep reading and I say it. Of course, his weird ass will have a a, a a picture commemorated of his dead wife once she had a post. I mean, I know that was the times and that's what people did, but he was already weird. Ever. Yeah, the he, shit he wrote, and then you're going to turn around and do that. You morbid. <laughs> you're just morbid. When the police arrive, wait, doors and windows in the po house are often open and closed And closed by the next day. In the closed building late at night when the police arrived, they saw a candle-like light move from the first floor through the second and up to the attic. When they went into the house, no one was there. Mm. Curator Curator Jeff Jerome has stated to several sources that the identity of the spirits have not been determined. Most of the activity has taken place in the bedroom that was once Poe's grandmother, grandmother's. Jerome has also cautioned that many people have lived there besides Poe. After all, it was a rental house in a slum area. Elizabeth Poe did die in the house in 1835. In her room, many people have been tapped on the shoulder. In 1980, people gathered for a radio station publicity stunt and they heard voices and other noises. Several psychics have reported seeing visions of an old woman dressed in clothing of the 1830s. She has gray hair and is heavyset. Psychics have also reported sensations in Virginia's room and Poe's attic. During the 1940s, the building became surrounded by Poe Poe Homes, the city's first housing project. Mm. Since then, the neighborhood residents have had their own stories about the Pell Museum. Tales about his spirit are used to frighten children. A November 1985 New York Times article reported that street gangs were afraid of the house Mm. and therefore left it alone. (laughs) Several residents have admitted to being scared of the place. A recent article that appeared in the Baltimore Sun in, on September 18, 1999, that's recent, reported on how the local residents felt about the Poe House. Some people believe that Poe's ghost terrorizes the neighborhood, running across rooftops and grabbing children to torture. A local man reported that in August 1999, he looked in the window and saw a shadowy spirit sitting at a writing desk. Mm-hmm. Others have reported Others have also reported this, though though Poe actually did his writing in the attic. The Poe house is open to the public, though the hours may vary. You got another one?
0: Yep.
1: You gonna go with? So
0: this is Springfield Inn in California. Okay. The Springfield Inn caters to four very special and unique guests. They are residents who have watched over the inn for almost a hundred years. They are not demanding or critical. they never offer their opinion on how to run a country inn. They are not malevolent they be- do are you serious you they do not what the- oh they do not disturb the quiet of night. And their enjoyment is not derived from scaring people. Oh, well, then what is it derived from? Because I don't know, either way. But there is a definite presence about them. These bodiless and lux- What they call them? Uh, Illusorous creatures are the ghosts of Springfield Inn. For nearly a hundred years, the Springfield Inn has been treasured part of local history and has stood the test of time. She has lovingly watched over Springfield as one of Springfield that do not that makes me think of um what is it what is it <coughs> nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. I don't like that so <clears throat> she has lovingly watched over Springfield as one of the old guards to the High Sierra newly proclaimed national monument by presidential order our ghosts predominantly inhabit the original 1911 Main building formerly known as the Wilkinson Hotel. They have never been seen or their presence felt in the hotel. What? They have never been seen or their presence felt in the hotel, which was added on on in nineteen seventy two. Nor have there been any experience with them in the grill room, which was added on to the main building in nineteen seventy nine. They exist as they have throughout the years in the main building, known as the Wilkinson Hotel, in its heyday. Local historian Jeff Edwards has told us that there was no coroner or mooring in Springfield, so upon one's untimely demise, their bodies were placed in the upstairs rooms of the hotel on ice to await transport by stagecoach or train to Porterville. We can only speculate as the true identity of four ghosts has historical records are vague and incomplete. We do not know their given names, but we refer to them lovingly as the young man who looks to be a handsome logger in his 20s, who was likely working in one of the numerous mills of Mountain Home. The little girl who looks to be near eight years of age is approximately eight, I guess. Appropriately clothed in a turn wait what they say trying to keep up with how how they write in it. I gotta try to make out I'm sorry about that. Appropriately clothed in a turn of the century dress, the woman beautiful and elegant with flowing blonde hair and a long dress is seen floating on the balcony. Wandering the second floor hallways in the main building. The old man who seems to keep to himself in the kitchen with a watchful eye has the most frequent contact with past and present employees. He genuinely only appears in the main kitchen of the inn or the upstairs service kitchen. He is usually seen staring up or down into the, the dumb waiter <clears throat> joining the two joining the two kitchens. He is not shy as he frequently makes himself seen by our chefs and kitchen staff. According to sightings throughout the past and present, the young man moves fluidly with purpose around the bar and up what was the original grand staircase which brought guests from the lobby straight upstairs as you entered the building. He is known to be a flirt with the habit of brushing up against women to make his presence known. He is said to be a logger who was shot outside the inn in the streets of Springfield. According to legend, guests carried him into the hotel where he bled to death. Occasionally he has been seen walking hand in hand with the little girl, but not recently or by any current staff members. Numerous employees and guests of the inn have experienced the ghosts, some of whom appreciate their wanderings and some who'd rather not have an encounter with them. A past employee washing dishes in the kitchen quit after witnessing the little girl watching her in the mirror, which hung in the dishwashing area. <clears throat> the owners quickly removed the mirror. The little girl has not been seen since. <clears throat> that was it. That was it? Yeah, what you feel about that
1: one? Hmm. Sorry to stop beating. You.
0: I mean, what you saying, the loggers are like, oh, that don't sound like that would be, hmm? Oh,
1: no. I don't know. I want to be scared.
0: Wow. So I'll do the Bartonville State Hospital. Okay. Apparently, Bartonville State Hospital was a nice place to visit, and quite a few souls decided to, say, to stay. I say this because of the progressive medicine that Dr. Zeller was known for. And quite simply, human kindness, which was something that you normally did not find in an insane assailant in the beginning of the 1900s. Construction began in 1885 and resulted in a large foreboding castle-like building. Unfortunately, or fortunately, this original building was later torn down in 1897, having never been used because of structural flaws. It appears that the original building had been built on top of an abandoned coal mine and suffered much when the shafts began decaying and collapsing. The hospital was then rebuilt and opened to the public in 1902. going the forebo- foreboding castle and in it its place a more modern structure. In addition to the main building there were at least 33 cottages used for the housing of patients. Also there were no there were no no bars on the windows or restraints. This type of treatment for mental patients was practically unheard of at that time. In addition to the progressive treatment of patients, Dr. Zeller also instituted an on-site cemeteries for patients who were unclaimed at the time of their death. In the end, there were four cemeteries located behind the main building, It was in the oldest cemetery that the first documented haunting occurred. As a matter of fact, Dr. Zeller himself documented it. Dr. Zeller created a burial corpse composed of staff members and a few patients. It was one of these patients that our tale is about. His name was simply Bookbender, and whenever the corpse buried someone, he would mourn for that person, even if he didn't know them. He would go to an old elm tree that had been in the midst of the graveyard for many, many years and mourn the passing of the fellow patients, sobbing loudly. Time passed and the bookbender eventually did too. Because he was so well liked by the staff and his fellow patients, a large funeral was held, with close to 400 witnesses in attendance. As they lowered the coffin into the open grave, a low moaning was heard. Many turned in the direction of the old elm tree. There stood Bookbender, mourning as he had also done. Astonished, Dr. Zeller immediately had the coffin open in front of those who had not run in fear. Inside, of course, was the corpse of Bookbender. Those who were still watching the tree observed as the apparition disappeared. Shortly thereafter, the old elm tree began began to cry. Eventually, it was decided to remove the tree, but as the axe was swung, a low moan was heard. It was then decided that they decided to burn the remains of the tree, but once again the bookbender had his say. For as soon as the flames were set, the crying quickly began. The flames were so quickly extinguished, the old dead elm tree still sits into the ground and stands in the graveyard. In 1972, the asylum closed its doors for good, for good uh, remain, and remained empty until 1980. At that time, the prosperity was sold and the building was demolished. While the institution was empty, it became lure for vandals and ghost hunters alike. In addition, Dr. Zeller's documentation of the haunting, one can also look into the information provided by Rob Conover. Rob is a former Marine as well as a private investigator. He was actually able to videotape an apparition living within the walls of the old sanitarium. One thing to consider is, in this case of the haunting, is that we are dealing with mental patients, <clears throat> Excuse me. people who were unstable to begin with. One has to ask the question, how much did these people understand about themselves and the world around them? One has to figure that in death, they are just as confused as when they were living. There is no realism to begin with. So it stands to reason that in death they are still looking for the safe haven that they found in Dr. Zeller's care.
1: You think that? I do. And it's probably worse because they was already
0: touched. Oh, well that's what they said, basically. It was they was like that in, in life, so they just I don't but I don't think that because I believe when you die, I just Maybe you 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 they get a new body.
1: Yeah, when you move on, oh. you done.
0: Yeah, I don't be <clears throat> smart. Go ahead.
1: This is called Bladensburg Dueling Grounds. When yeah. the hot-headed poli- When the hot-headed politicians of Washington D.C. wanted to fight each other, mm-hmm. they all knew that the Bladensburg that the Bladensburg Dueling Grounds. Just over the Maryland line was the best place to meet their adversary. Mm. On the day of a duel, the men would set out in the wee hours of the early morning. They had to travel down a dirt road and over a small bridge to an area about one mile from the town of Bladensburg. The bridge ran over a small stream nicknamed Blood Run. Narrow paths ran through the waist-high weeds. Dense willows and sycamores crowded out the sky. Many prominent men met their deaths there, and others were mentally crippled for life. Wow. Over fifty known duels were fought. The earliest seemed to be the one that occurred in February of eighteen nineteen between former Virginia Senator Armistad T. Mason and his cousin Colonel John M. McCarty. It no, is believed to him
0: and his cousin was <coughs> dueling.
1: Yep. Wow. It is believed that McCarty challenged Mason Mason either over a woman or over McCarty's rights to vote in a Virginia election. Mark McCarty had all kinds of crazy challenges for Mason. He wanted to fight with daggers or jump from a lighted keg of powder.
0: Damn, he wanted him dead, didn't he? In a most horrific way.
1: The two finally settled on dueling with muskets. The opposing factors met at Bladensburg, each bringing their own supporters. Soon, McCarty and Mason were set up at 12, fe- at 12 paces apart. When the shots were fired, Mason was killed instantly. Wow. McCarty was shot in the hand, and in a bizarre twist of fate, the bullet traveled up his arm and out his shoulder. McCarty less- lost the ability to use his right arm. He also lost his mind. He never recovered from murdering his cousin.
0: Well, then why did he want
1: to, um... He probably just got into it, and it got out of hand. You could tell right up here where he started coming up with all these crazy challenges. He was trying to get out of shooting with Gus, shooting the gun, mm. fighting with daggers. Because you can cut a motherfucker without stabbing him. Right. Or, 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 or we both jump off a, a keg of powder. We both going to hop the fuck off. Ain't nobody about to let that keg of powder blow off one of their legs. So mm. it'll be over <laughs> and, and, and it would have been done, you know. Right. But I feel like it just, it got too, it got too real. And he never recovered from murdering his cousin.
0: Wow. He stopped shaving cutting
1: his hair and even bathing what after he died people reported his disheveled ghosts wandering around the weed choked area where he killed Armistad Mason Stephen Decatur was a naval hero who had distinguished himself in three different wars but he too was murdered on the fields of Bladensburg in 1820 Decatur was living the quiet life he settled on Lafayette Square in Washington D.C. with his wife this was the worst time for Commodore James Barn to challenge him to a duel. There had been bad blood between Decor, Decatur, and Barron for a long time. Barron had been, Barron had been put on trial to be court-martialed after an incident at sea. A British ship commander had insisted that Barron turn over some Americans that he believed were British deserters. Barron refused, mm-hmm. and the British ship fired on Barron's, killing three men and one and wounding eight. The British then seized the, suspect, the suspected deserters. This led not only to, burn, to Barron's suspension for five years, but to the War of 1812. When Barron applied for you ever reinstatement. Heard that, the War of 1812. Yeah. <clears throat> when, when Barron applied for reinstatement in the Navy, Decatur was outspokenly opposed, and he had the power to keep Barron out. The two men corresponded for several years, with Baron growing increasingly bitter. Finally, with Decatur in the same town as he, Baron challenged Decatur to a duel at eight paces with pistols. The night before the fight, Decatur shut himself in his bedroom and spent hours at the window gazing at his property. When dawn came the next morning, Decatur slipped out of the house with the black box containing his dueling pistols. It was, it was March 18th, 1820. <laughs> duels was ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm not about to... Nigga, excuse my language. But if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right here. <laughs> okay, I'm not walking off waiting <laughs> another night. i uh, going to give you the opportunity. And then you I, can choose what you would like, sir. Just come on. Yeah, no, I'm not doing all that. In fact, if we're choosing a duel, I choose the best of duels. I wanna use fisticuffs. So put down the weapon and <laughs> So you when just wanna beat
0: somebody. Yeah, when I, I
1: cause then it'll be no hard feelings and we both walk away alive. I had wow. to wear your ass out. Or you or you beat me. But wow. we, we both leave alive. He get home he get to go home to his wife and you get to go back to your bitter life, Baron. <laughs> it's just awful. So they according to the rules, no man could fire before the count of one or after the count of three. Two shots were fired at the count of three. Barron took a bullet in his hip and Decatur was struck in the right side. His supporters carried him back to his home on Lafayette Square where he died. Some believe that Decatur is the ghost lurking around the old dueling area, but he has been spotted more frequently at his home. One year after he was killed, he was seen gazing mournfully out of his window just as he did on the night before he died. His wife was so upset that she ordered the window walled up, but he still appears. Another spirit known to wander underneath the overgrown trees is Daniel Key, one of the sons of Francis Scott Key. In June of 1836, Key and his friend John Sherborne were returning home aboard a ship. All the way home, the two young men argued about the speed of two steamboats. All the way home. When they arrived in D.C., they met at Bladensburg. Key was killed at age 20. During the period when Key was killed, the public began to get upset over the bloodshed at Bladensburg. Unless they had a fight to go to, people avoided the area. Tales of ghostly moans and groans circulated. Do you think that haunted places can sometimes draw that type of energy in? Like, 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 remember how on Pet Cemetery how it's not just happenstance that the people be getting killed on that street or in that town. Mm-hmm. It's the, the like cemetery that said, does it.
0: How you said it was a story about that deep back, like when it, so the original goes back and back and back yeah. with that town. And I do you think, think that, that it gets to a part get to that worse ever. that
1: is so much energy built up there that it can draw that type of nonsense toward it, not actually cause somebody to duel, but like make it worse, like add pressure to it, make it serious so that you can come to that spot and shed blood. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <sighs> Let me see. Unless they, okay, others saw apparitions wandering around in the night. Hmm. Dueling was, out loud, was outlawed in Maryland, but this did not affect residents of D.C. Oh. Washington lawmakers did not want an anti dueling law because so many of them believed in the codes associated with it. Yeah, that was. So the,
0: you could just back in the day just tell someone, I want a duel and just kill them. That
1: is true. What? A duel is fair.
0: How's a duel
1: fair? It's better than than motherfuckers just shooting guns off in the middle of the street, not caring who they hit. Mm. You take, you got a problem. You if you feel the need to to that you you want to kill him, you have agreed to a duel, and you have agreed to it with pistols. Now you walk off. You get a certain space. You go about ten paces apart. Turn around. You fire. That's on y'all too. Okay. Wow.
2: Yeah, Whatever. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I it,
1: mean, it would it would stop people dying from just being shot by a stray bullet. Right. Congress had no choice but to act on February 18th. Uh, I mean, on February 1838, when Maine Representative John Silly was killed by Congressman William Graves. Mm. Graves was in sta- was a stand-in for James W. Webb, a New York newspaper editor. Webb was offended by some of the remarks that Sealy made in the house. He assigned the duel to Graves, who was well, why? his why? friend. If you know what
0: had a problem with him, Who was you- his
1: friend as well as a noted marksman. That's why he chose him as his proxy. Oh, right. He's the, fu- the fastest gunslinger in the West.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. I heard that. But what happened?
1: Let me see. Sealy was a hardworking man who preferred to spend time with his family. He didn't really know the men who were challenging him. Oh, they challenged him. Yeah. Seely quietly went about his about his business while Graves practiced his shooting. At dawn on the appointed day, Graves showed up with a more powerful rifle than Seely, but he was allowed to use it. When ready, the men fired. No one was hit. Really? They fired at each other a second time, but still no one was hit. The seconds and spectators tried to end the confrontation, but Graves wouldn't consent. The third time, Sealy was hit in the leg because a main artery was severed. Oh, and because the main artery was severed, he quickly bled to death in front of some of Washington's most prominent citizens and politicians. Mm. Sealy's confused ghost still wanders around the area where he died. Sealy's death finally led to the outlawing of dueling in Washington, D.C. Men didn't heed the regulations and they still murdered each other in the fields at the dark. <laughs> finally, the Civil War put an end to dueling in the area. Everyone had had enough of the bloodshed and violence. People avoided the area because of the history and because of the ghosts. Stories say that one day a boy saw a figure amongst the trees. The spirit had his head down and was dressed in black. And when the boy, and when the boy approached the figure, it disappeared. The ghost could not have been any one; could have been the ghost could have been any one of the hundreds of men whose lives were changed there. Not much of the old of the old dueling fields are left now. There are some trees, many weeds, and a lot of ghost stories. None of which you have told me here today. So.
0: <laughs> I wanna go there just to see
1: the ground. Yeah, that would be nice.
0: Then you probably hear rustling. I'd have to go. I'd
1: be ready to leave. Yeah, that's I all it takes. I don't need to hear. Like, I, I don't, don't need, need much. to
0: hear long. Like I just feel like any well anywhere around you, and something supernatural, or paranormal is just expected to be something.
1: Yeah, and I don't. It'll take much for me. You don't got to beat me upside the head. Mm, exactly. This is called. Uh, the Springfield, The Springville Inn I did that You did that? Yeah Oh snap Girl where was I? Mm-hmm. That's the one with the boy Yeah The Oak Alley Plantation mm. What better place to film a movie about creatures that walk the night than Oak Alley Plantation mm. Seen in numerous films including Interview with the Vampire
0: Oh, okay, the so plantation
1: it's... has its own way of making visitors feel welcome. A canopy of tall oaks shields visitor sunlight as it frames the main house. Its soft pink walls beckon to you to relax under the formidable <laughs> veranda. It's beckoning. It is no wonder that the original family was loath to leave it. The wealthy Creole family, the Romans, have left an indelible mark on the mansion. A lady in black strolls the windows walk or beneath the shade of the oaks. Could she be the spirit of Louise Roman? As a young woman, she ran to escape the amorous advances of a drunken sailor, wow. of a drunken suitor, Oh, and she fell, slicing open her leg on the iron hoop frame. Mm, Gangrene set in, and to save her life, doctors amputated the leg beneath her knee. Now I'll marry you. Bitch, you were so desperate. You going to take care of me in this leg that you caused. <laughs> was, the dream, was the trauma of that night carved into the life of the Oaks? Does she still walk beneath the trees of her youth? Louise, in her late twenties, founded a Carmelite a co- a convent in New Orleans and died peacefully many years later, so perhaps not. Mm. Employees of the, pan- of the plantation Are regularly visited by the supernatural Lights turn off and on During tours Touches as they walk by certain rooms The smell of lavender wafts through the house of the original lady Of the house along with the presence of a shadow Just out of the corner of the eye mm. Phantom carriages Have been heard riding up a gravel road And the clip-clop Of hooves resounding in the stillness That sometimes accompanies the sound a child weeps, its plaintive misery being carried through time and echoes around the empty mansion. Recently, a candlestick flew across the room while a tour was being conducted. There have been visions of a violent and deadly struggle accompanied one woman, that accompanied one woman while she was on a tour. She mm-hmm. watched as two men of the house wrestled with a Confederate soldier. The soldier is pushed from a second-floor balcony. His body is then dragged to the river and rolled in. Later, a house guest reported intense back pain while on the veranda. As he moved away, the pain lessened, but returned if he ventured back to the spot. He was so amazed by the experience that he shared it with his hostess, who then revealed that that was the area in which the scuffle in the vision had taken place. Clocks hold a time all their own at Oak Valley. In an old Southern custom, the clocks are stopped at the exact moment of the last owner's death. In this case, 7.30. The clocks were not touched again since recently. Mm. And, and just recently, several guides have found that many of the clocks were set to different hours around the house. Did they affect the death of other family members? Or do they follow the mysterious ticking of a clock only heard but never seen in the mansion? Perhaps the most intriguing question at Oak Alley pertains to a photograph taken by Mr. Bernard of Fort Worth, Texas. While touring the rooms, he snapped a picture in the master bedroom. When the film was developed, the shade of a young girl with waist-length chestnut-colored hair appeared to be gazing out the French doors towards the alley. When sending the photograph back to Oak Alley for their opinion, at first glance they thought it was a dressmaker's mannequin that is displayed in the room. Of course, however, the mannequin is headless, so you may draw your own conclusions. Mm. What do you think? You wanna visit?
0: No. It didn't really catch me.
1: No, it didn't really catch you?
0: No, not like that.
1: Did you did you hear the Burlington County Prison Museum? Mm mm. The Burlington County Prison Museum is located in Mount Holly, New Jersey. Mm. The prison was built in 1811 and was designed by the famous architect Robert Mills, the designer of the Washington Monument. It is a large rectangular building made of stone and iron that looks like a castle from the outside. Mm. It was used continuously as a jail until 1966. Since then... Local legends spoke of the ghosts that inhabited the building. One in particular was the ghost of Joseph Claw, a convicted murderer who killed his mistress with the leg from a table. Damn. Mother, people will murder, won't they? I don't tell They said, I'm going to get rid of you. Cause you just... And I will do it with anything I can find. <laughs> they don't play no games with the leg of a table, bro. Everybody, he was okay. held in the death row cell, which consisted of an eye hook in the floor and his ghost is said to haunt the rooms that he was detained in. That was corny. Either way, we are running out of time. Yes, we are. So we will definitely be back probably again tonight with more stories. I don't know what this episode will be about. So until then, this was True Ghost Stories by Real People. I'm Walter.
0: And I'm Tiki.
1: Have a nice evening, guys.